Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. My name is Lindsay Cavett. I'm a Los Angeles mother of three. My kids are 12, 9, and... Oh, I'm doing my podcast, honey. Um, 12, 9, and 7. Hmm, thought it would be safe to do this right now, but anyway, I'm going to keep going. And yeah, you're about to listen to Amanda Albrezi's story. Amanda, this is her second time with Expressing Motherhood. And um, I really enjoy having her around. It was her first time doing a storytelling show last fall. I went to the show and asked her if she would submit to Expressing Motherhood. Just really enjoyed watching her blossom as a storyteller. Um, What can I say? We have a lot of fun at the shows. It is like this intense mommy camp. I think it's just so much fun because you're off your phone. You're hanging out with people in person and you're talking. Like so much of motherhood is really isolating. I feel so lonely most of the time. Excuse me, I'm tired. Um, and it's just really fun to be in there with these women and sometimes men sharing your stories. All right. So, oh, I should also say, if you're interested in being in Expressing Motherhood, go to our website, which is expressingmotherhood.com. Or join our emailing list or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. And then you'll know the next time we have a show. Right now we have a Boston show. It's actually cast and tickets are being sold for a Mother's Day show. Which is going to be cool. It's at 4 o'clock at Mosley's on the Charles. I just had technical difficulties, but I'm going to keep going. Um, And then we're accepting submissions for our very first ever Ridgefield, Connecticut show. Those are going to be accepted until May 1st. So exciting stuff happening. Amanda Alvarezi says, although she's new to the stage, she comes from a long line of texting storytellers. She made her debut on the Strong Words live stage and is returning to Expressing Motherhood. Well, she just returned um, for the March cast. Sorry. Okay. She spends her days wrangling other people's children and her nights wrangling her... I I apologize. I am tired, but I got to get this done. Wrangling her own six-year-old storyteller. While this may be your first time hearing Amanda, you can guarantee that it won't be your last. And you can find her at um, tailspinonline.wordpress.com. And on Instagram, she's tails, T-A-L-E-S, well, tailspinonline, okay, tailspinonline. And Twitter, she's tailspin18. All right, guys, Amanda's a force. Um to be reckoned with. And here she is, Amanda Albrezi in Expressing Motherhood. I knew from the moment that I first saw Elaine, the moment she walked into my fiance's meditation class, I did not want to be her friend. I wanted her to be my family. She was a natural beauty. She brought love and kindness into the world when all I had to offer was wine and sarcasm. But when you mix the two together, then you come up with a lot of silliness, a lot of giggles, and sexy dancing in the style of Eddie Izzard. Something like, sorry, I'm taken. (laughs) Didn't mean to. (laughs) Elaine did things like mentor the homeless, She tutored homeless children, and her work with the League of Women Voters made me stop being such a jackass to all the polling people who called my house. 
And dinner, we would often have dinners at her place. And she and her husband, Bill, always welcomed my new husband and I in. And oftentimes, Bill and I would drink too much. And then my husband and Elaine would laugh at us. And before my husband and I got married, she actually took me to buy my wedding dress because I was planning a wedding while my family was all the way back in Texas. We also liked to try new things. We found out that we were braver when we were together because she would pretend like she was being strong for me and I would pretend like I was being strong for her. So we decided to pay a visit to the Goddess Temple in Orange County. And that's a, a temple strictly for women. And so Bill was curious about what Lucy and Ethel were getting into this time. So he Googled it, but he come up with the Temple of the Goddess, which is actually an in-home sex surrogate service. <laughs> so he immediately called me, and I, I cleared up the misunderstanding, and then I really regretted not having a little more fun with that. <laughs> but in spring of 2012, she called and she needed me. She had been diagnosed with cancer. So I rushed to be by her side, and the two husbands went for a walk to give, us their, to give us our space. And the cancer was so far spread, they weren't even sure where to start with the chemo. And I didn't know what to say. I tried to comfort her. And she said, I wish I was like you. You're not scared of anything. You're so strong. You're not scared of anything. And then even though I wasn't going to tell her, I said, no, there's something I'm very scared of. And I reached in my purse and I pulled out my phone and I showed her a picture. It was a picture I had taken just a week before. It was a picture of the stick that I had peed on. I was pregnant. I was pregnant even though I had been told I couldn't conceive, even though I had tried for seven years with my ex-husband and nothing. And even though I had been pregnant for eight weeks with no symptoms, and I had been taking all of the medication you're not supposed to take when you're pregnant, and the doctors had told me that they felt that the damage had already been done because my blood pressure medicine alone should have stopped the baby's heart. They said that if the pregnancy were to last, there would be a lot of problems. So we didn't even know what to say to each other. We just sat on the couch and held hands. And we just sat there silently, just two terrified women on a couch. So our next few visits, we traded in the red wine for green tea. And we talked about fear and love and babies and remission. And we made our wishes for happy endings. And then it came to the point where she said that she thought she was going to have to shave her head. She was just losing too much hair. And she cried to me and she said, you know, I'm going to lose my femininity. I won't ever feel pretty again. Bald women aren't sexy. I said, really? Have you ever heard of Amber Rose? <laughs> and she had not. So we Googled her. <laughs> and we just admired her sexy bald head, her fierce femininity, and her... Googles, and how exactly did she make her ass move that way? <laughs> so we tried and we failed, but it's just because we weren't feeling well. So, <laughs> so we just settled for our version of sexy dancing. <clears throat> it was at this point that our paths started to kind of change. 
And suddenly, I started feeling better than I had ever felt in my whole life. And despite the doctor's warnings, all of the tests were coming back great. And her, her health started rapidly failing. So I would take videos of the sonograms and the, and the little pictures they give you. And she would say, oh, he's beautiful, even though he was really just a throbbing cashew at that point. <laughs> so, but then eventually, then the visits had to stop. And we started having phone calls when she was up to it. And although things had been going well, then one night I woke up and I was violently ill. I couldn't hold down water and I couldn't feel the baby move. So we were told that we needed to go to the, to the labor and delivery. And I was so dehydrated, my hard to find veins became impossible to find. And there were nurses rushing around, there, was, there were machines beeping, and I heard my phone ping. And I knew, in my heart I just knew, They were able to finally get a vein, and once they got some medication and some fluids in me, everything went back to sort of normal, and I got to go home that night. Her funeral was the day of my baby shower. We had to go directly from the memorial to the shower. We had to wear our funeral clothes. There was no time to change. I just had to paint on a smile in the car and try to be happy. And we had a large group of friends who were just over the moon for us because we had wanted this so bad. But Elaine had helped so many people and done so much. And what did I really accomplish? And she deserved her wish far more than I deserved mine. And my belief in happy endings was pretty shaky anyway. But a month later, Grayson Trent was born and he was perfectly healthy, and he was beautiful. And when the doctors brought him around the curtain to my husband and I, he had his arms outstretched like the baby riding the horse on the Sun tarot card. <laughs> and that stands for new beginnings and new cycles, a new day. So he was my son and my son. So I did my best to honor Elaine to try to teach him to be loving and accepting and kind, just like she was. And maybe I'll teach him a little sexy dancing, too. 